Welcome to the Oral Surgery Fight Club podcast. This is a collection of mock cases in the field of oral and maxillofacial surgery in a question and answer format conducted on Zoom. Enjoy. Um, what's today? Infection? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at the sheets. Uh, who else we got? We got Reed, Manuel. Yeah, I, Colin, Christina, Colin texted me he wouldn't be able to make it today. So he was a okay. last minute scratch. Gotcha. I don't Let know me if anybody figure out. Wants, wants the infection. Yeah. Figure out how to share my screen. Oh, there's a share. I was kind of thinking this morning, like a lot of people, a lot of people, they get through residency and (laughs) get into studying for this exam. And like, you already went through the hardest part, you know, you went through four or six years of just like, I mean, basically indentured servitude. (laughs) You were a warm body, like doing the work. And, uh, this last final part of just studying for boards and articulating what you know. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but, uh, if you just view yeah. it like a fight and, uh, you know, take a deep breath, Bless. most people pass yeah. this. Like if you, if you go to the stats, something like 74, 76 people, percent of people pass this. Thing. Good. That's encouraging. <laughs> yeah. It's somewhat encouraging, right? Like at, at least you're not, at least the odds are with you. If you got past the qualifying exam, like let's go to stats fees, stats fees, timelines. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Ryan, I, in the meantime, can you give me a hint? Uh, I think I had, I was able to share a screen before, but now I'm having trouble. Oh, you that. know what? It, it might What's be the, the options here. One, one second. Hold on. I got to. Okay. I After you to, do your thing. Yeah. I have to do that. Here we go. It should pop up now should pop up now options there's a shared content but first time candidates but yeah let's see what you got out of out of 260 260 uh-huh. people taking it 212 passed it and that's from okay. 2020 that's that's not this past year's cycle mm-hmm. um repeat candidates half of them passed it and you you do see some repeat candidates um mm-hmm even in Nashville. And there were, there were a couple in our last study group too, but everybody passed. Everybody passed. It's just practice. Out of 322 people taking it, 244 people passed it. It's a 75% pass rate. So as long Damn, as you're I'm practicing. Glad. I'm glad I'm in this study group. <laughs> as long as you're practicing and doing something, <laughs> like you'll pass. It, I, I think it happens probably with the people who, who try to go it alone. That That's my best guess but anyway this this is this is this this is uh this is it's gonna be good once i get my share my screen share so i can present the damn case that would be awesome man yeah did it not work ah let's see so i'm looking at my screen um there's a share content button yeah uh oh screen there you go okay screen okay so broadcast and the Start the real question for today: Who wants Serge's infection case? Yeah, I can do it. it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Gene. <laughs> Gene, how you doing? I'm good. Oh, what's up, Greg? It's a birthday hey. boy. Damn, my hat hair is strong right now. Unless Greg wants it, because I did it with you like two weeks ago. But you know, I don't care. Yeah, this this might. I don't know. Serge hasn't uh show me this case which is can you guys yeah no no uh it's good I, 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 can you see the screen yes yeah, yeah we can see it man all right so who's who's Crystal up again just Who, who's i think who's, uh, who's going through this? yeah no i'll definitely i can do it i just i don't know if anyone else wanted to do it that's why that's fine to me Eugene. um so you got this. Uh, so what time is it? Okay, nine oh eight on my clock. So Friday afternoon call. Nine oh eight. Okay. So we got the Friday afternoon call uh, from your good referral. He has a patient that with a painful tooth number thirty. Try to do uh, planning to do root canal, starting on clinomycin, but his cheek just start to swell a little bit. 
do you think you can save the two? He says. So that's the conversation on the phone. What do you tell him? Hold on a second. My screen's like partially blocked right now. Um, okay. So you're going to go. Hold on. Let me just read this again. Plain flow to the right 30. Rukunel, we already know that he's been on antibiotics. Um, all right, let's go through medical. Can we get his medical history? Uh, yeah, you got. Um... How well, old is this guy? <laughs> Sorry. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, this is this is this how old he's 54 years old. Okay, perfect. Uh, he has best medical use of hypertension, gout, COPD, CHF, stroke, kidney disease, and dyslipidemia. Okay. Uh, he's he's on currently clinomycin, warfarin, blood pressure medicines. He's got no allergies, he's a smoker and a daily alcohol user. Okay. Okay. What do you want to do next? Um, how long has he been having the swelling for? Oh, about three days now. Is he having, what are his symptoms now? Does he have any dysphagia, any, you know, dynophagia? Oh, um, you know? I don't know. Then this says, I don't know. Like, I haven't checked for that. I'm just trying to get those two, you know, like, what kind of. Okay, so you're going to do, uh, I would do a physical exam. Should I send him to your office? Oh, you still on the phone? In your, he's not in your office right now? No, you got a phone call. Yeah, it's just on the oh, phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally missed that part. I thought he's like in your chair. <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. Got to make it realistic. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, I, would def- I would have him come to the office. Okay, good. Sufficient <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he says, uh, this is the guy he presents to you, says, uh, yeah, just the two start to hurt and I don't have trouble really opening my mouth or swallowing or breathing. So yeah, what's your next step? So I'm going to do a physical exam. So you can hear you, it looks like it's extending below the inferior border. It looks a little bit erythematous. Um, so okay. in the mandibular area, you're going to check for uh, MIO, you're going to check for floor of the mouth swelling, uvula, uvula deviation, um, just okay. fluctuations in the vestibule or, you know, anywhere around the tooth. Um, and I would definitely, since you're in the office, CT scan with contrast is not possible right now, but I would get a, at least a pan or a CBCT. Okay, good. Uh, so we do an exam. His uh, temperature is 101. Uh, his respirations are normal. SpO2 is normal. Blood pressure is within normal limits for him. He's got that erythematous swelling that's fluctuant on the right cheek. Uh, border mandible not palpable. Uh, he's got dry mucous membranes. He can open his mouth just fine. Uh, non-elevated floor of mouth. Purulent discharge around tooth number 30. Um, his eye exam is normal. He's got a little mechanical click um, in his, um, on his auscultation of the chest um, due to his aortic valve replacement. And otherwise, his exam is benign. And that's his panorex. Okay. So I see. Um, it's hard to say. He definitely has multiple uh, caries on dentition. Missing number two, Can't, maybe missing. It looks, maybe could be a root tip. It looks funky to me. Um, he has uh, definitely carious, non-restorable number 19 um, and very questionably restorable number 30. And they both have PAP lesions. Um, and it's a panoramic image of diagnostic quality. Okay, okay, good. So uh, what do you wanna do next? Uh, so I would um, consent the patient, or actually, sorry, you said he has, it's, I would consent the patient for um, extraction of the tooth. He doesn't have trismus, right? He can open all Correct. the way. Correct. So consent the patient for extraction of, I would um, extract both number 19 and 30 at this time okay. um, and do a uh, IND intraorally. Okay. Uh, all right. What are your criteria for hospital admission? Uh, 
So if the patient is, his vital signs are not stable, but in his case, they seem stable. He had a 101, which is very slight fever there. Um, and includes if he had any airway issues. Okay. Um, which he does not have. Uh, it just seems like it's very localized to the area of the tooth right now. Um, the only concerning thing for me is that it is kind of extending below the inferior border. Um, but if we can get the tooth out, which we, it seems like we have access to right now, um, and there is no airway edema, floor of the mouth swelling, anything like that, um, that would indicate that this is like a true hospital emergency. Gotcha. Uh, due to his fever, dehydration, and uh, multiple systemic issues, you decide to send him to ER. Um, for evaluation, what would you request uh, your physician uh, kind of obtain for you to further your diagnosis? So I would get a CBC, BMP. Um, I would get a, a CT with contrast. Okay. Um, I would, um, I would go from there. All right. Um, so the uh, this is uh, his labs. Uh, can you interpret? Uh, cool, cool. Uh, so he has a uh, platelets of 480, white count of 19. Mm -hmm. um, BUN, BUN creatinine, uh, creatinine seems high. Okay. Not, right. I don't have to remember the exact numbers. Good. All his other um, labs look normal though. His hemoglobin is hematocrit. Okay. Uh, Platelets are slightly high, but I don't think it's significant. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So the ER physician uh, calls you back, says, you know, his creatinine is a little too high to get a CT scan with contrast. What are your other options you can suggest? You could do, uh, you can do an ultrasound of the area to check for a collection. Okay. Yeah. Um, you could get an MRI um, as well. Good. Um, Good. Those would be your... Gotcha. The, uh, the, uh, so that ER physician was pretty much getting done with his shift. The new ER physician comes on and says, you know, we'll just give the guy a little IV fluid bolus and then we'll go ahead and get that CT scan with contrast. So they do that. What's the, uh, what do you see? I see uh, a collection in the, let's see. It actually just looks like it's in the buckle space um, in the right buckle space area. Okay. Uh, in both the axial and the coronal views. I don't really see, I don't okay. see the bone structure right now. because Any subcutaneous tissue changes you see? Yes, yeah, there's um, swelling. Um, it looks like there's uh, rim enhancing around this collection. Uh -huh. um, okay. Good. Yeah. So what's your final diagnosis for this patient? A right buccal space infection. Okay. Um, what, uh, what are the um, contents of buccal space? The contents? Do you mean yeah. like the boundaries? No. What's, what is inside buccal space? What anatomic uh, structures are inside? You expect uh, to find? So you can expect to find a parotid gland. Um, you have, it's bordered by the, the buccinator. Um, okay. have, you have cranial nerve. Is it medial or lateral to buccinator? buccinator? It's um, lateral. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, well, uh, given the diagnosis, what do you want to do next? I would take the patient to the OR. Uh, you could do an oral intubation. Um, okay. There is no Anything else? Any, I'm sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. Anything else? Any consultations you want to obtain from other services before you take patients or? Uh, oh yeah, it's true. He's very uh, medically compromised. I'll probably get a um, cardio. Yeah, cool. mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely do get a cardiac consult. Um, COPD, CHF, CVA, CKD. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get a, a renal consult. You could get the uh, a pulmonary consult. 
we need to make sure he gets pre-medicated because of this uh, mechanical aortic valve. Um, okay. So he doesn't have any allergies, we can give uh, two grams of amoxicillin an hour before the procedure. Okay. You, uh, while getting a cardiology consult, you are uh, waiting for, uh, you go ahead and uh, aspirate the contents with a, with a fine needle and just send it to the lab while you wait. Well, who knows how long it's going to That's the result you're getting on a culture. Uh, what, uh, what, uh, what kind of bacteria is that, canella? I don't know. Uh, what antibiotics um, uh, would you suggest this patient be on, given this result? Um, you can give amoxicillin um, targets Iconella. Well, he's already on Clinda. Is that a problem? I don't think Clinda is effective against Iconella. Okay. Uh, all right, cardiology verified the patient's um, prosthetic aortic valve is functioning well, advised proper IV fluids to avoid fluid overload for the patient during the case in hospital stay. They bridged his uh, warfarin to subcuheparin. Okay. Uh, describe the um, procedure that you'll perform when this patient once he's in the operating room and asleep. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, did you ask me a question there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you uh, tell me steps of the procedure? Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I'd bring the patient to the OR. Um, I would request a oral intubation is fine. Um, I would remove both teeth number 30 and 19 first. Okay. Um, some, I would see how much drainage I get a socket of number 30. Um, if there is an adequate drainage, I would um, make a stab incision in the buccal vestibule um, and use a curved hemostat to go down to bone until I find a pocket um, and encounter, you know, the, the collection. Good. You got the, the spade drain, teeth out, patient did welding surgery. Um, what's going to be your post-operative course and how often are you going to see patient and what are you going to monitor for? So, I mean, I would put a drain there, um, considering that we're gonna keep the, the patient in the hospital um, afterwards, just because of he's medically compromised and we don't want this infection to travel um, down his neck. Um, so what I would do is I would have the patient, um, I would do serial exams, probably uh, like 12 hours after, to see how he's doing. Um, you're gonna look for any changes in physical exam, any changes in vitals. You're gonna keep track of white count. Um, you're gonna have the patient have a suction at bedside. Um, what if he continues to have fevers uh, and uh, purulent drainage uh, on day two? I'm sorry, say that again? What if he continues to feel uh, malaise uh, uh -huh. Fatigue, that is purely drainage, she continues to have fever. What would you, the next step would be? Is this like the next day? Uh, yes, like post op day two. Post op day two. Um, I would probably get a repeat CT scan in addition to okay. looking at All the. Right. On post op day three, uh, oh. overall, he started to improve, but on the, on the post op day three, he started to have some right eye pain and diplopia. Oh no. Uh, uh, can you describe your, um, how would you perform a physical exam on this patient at this point? I don't really understand what you're asking. How would I, so I would do a cranial nerve exam. Okay, good, good. Keep I would going. do a cranial nerve exam. Um, All right, you uh, do your cranial nerve exam. You notice that he has got a right uh, cranial nerve six palsy, mild proptosis of the right eye and pain on movement. Uh, what's your most likely diagnosis here? Uh, cavernous, sin cavernous sinus thrombosis. All right. Uh, by what means uh, could his infection have traveled from buccal space into the cavernous sinus? Mm he -hmm. could have gone through the, the facial, uh, could have gone through the facial vein. 
Okay. All right. At the same time, lab calls back where they did the cultures from your OR uh, procedure and the glue staff, uh, staph aureus, and a specimen. Um, would you consider any other additional antibiotics? Uh, in addition to amoxicillin? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. All right. Uh, given the diagnosis that you just told me, what is going to be your next steps for workup? Um, I would get a, another, I would get another, um, I figured out. I'm trying to think actually. You would get a CT, another CT with contrast. Okay. Well, what else? Let's say CT with contrast shows definitive coronary sinus thrombosis. Then what would be your uh, management would you expect to have to be done? I would get a neuro consult. <laughs> All right. Um, Patient says, uh, Doc, am I going to die from this? What's, uh, what would you say to a patient? Ooh, that's a tricky question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> technically you could. <laughs> I, would, I mean, I would probably, like, in terms of my management, I'd probably just put the patient on steroids. You wouldn't put them on... Um, I don't think that we would put them on blood thinners. I would get a consult okay. for that. So, um, so you tell the patient he's got certainly a chance of death, but you will continue managing him. <laughs> okay. All right. You're, you're done. Um, Is that the uh, case? Man, that's it, man. Hey, just, there we go. Class for Gene. Man, that's a tough case. I made it like dirty. I make it tough and many turns into it on purpose. No, it's good though, because it makes you like yeah. think about the more detailed stuff, you know. Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was a I thought it was a fair case and it, it was there were uh even better answers too, Gene. It, it was good. It was good yeah, from yeah. like the surge. I like how you threw well, in there get... from the beginning. There was like professionalism. Like, cause you received the phone call on a Friday afternoon and, right. but, uh, then you went into, anyway, I, you can break down the case. That was, a uh, that was my, yeah. I, I really like that. I part. mean, I loaded it. Do, yeah. Wait, can I just ask a question for stuff? You can do like Vanco, right. Or like a cephalosporin. Vanco is, yeah. uh, I was the a... answer I was looking for. Okay. Yeah. What, what was the answer for, for staph aureus for staph aureus? Yeah. Usually, put them on Vank. Uh, Vank is just such high risk of having MRC. Yeah, I just didn't want to. I don't know. Like we were always taught, like on the boards, like in our whatever patient care conferences. Like if you're not sure, just say I don't know. Like, yeah. Don't, yep. Don't like that, guess. So that's why I was like, I think it's yep. Vank, but I. No, it, it's much better, Gene, because uh, they'll start leading you down little roads if. Yeah. You know, if you suggest something like. I was well, like five percent you know, sure, and then I was like, "Oh, I feel like I should just say I don't know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The yeah. just saying I don't know is is perfectly fine. Yeah, it's perfectly oh. fine. Oh, so, so I mean, some so, like this this guy is obviously super sick, and uh, we're gonna go through, I guess, uh, some potential questions they could ask. So, like, what things on his history put him at high risk of severe infection. So he, he's got CKD. He's an alcoholic. Um, in terms of... Um, hey, Serge, um, could, you, could you share your screen again? Like to, to review the case? Oh, it's not it's not being shared? You don't I, see it? Um, I don't, Gene, do you see I, it? I might have done something silly. Uh, okay, let me see. Uh, Gene, do you see the yeah, screen? No. Now I see I you. See okay, one sec. Being turned off for a second. Mm. Yeah, so going through uh, the debrief here. Uh, we want to evaluate the uh, rapidity of infection in host defenses. When we evaluate uh, infection patient, certainly has that uh, renal disease, automatically puts them at higher risk. So that would be a 
kind of decrease your threshold to admit them to a hospital. Um, heavy alcohol use puts them at high risk. Involvement, a little bit of a submandibular space. I agree with you, it's a buccal space abscess, but there's a little bit of fat straining on the CT scan that they could start involving. Uh, the submandibular space, uh, even without a fluid collection. Uh, and that's a case that, um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we've done some of these cases actually through extra oral as well. So this could be, in, a, in my mind, probably a fair approach as well. Yeah, I know you said intra oral, that's good too. But uh, I, I don't that, think that was for no extra oral. Is that like an actual case? Like, was that CT related to the, yeah. photo, the clinical photo? Yeah. Uh, they're not, but the guy we had was just like that. Basically, he didn't have. A it component. just looked like from the clinical photo. I'm like, this guy definitely has a submandibular space infection. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. Um, then, um, so it's basically if it's a large involved buccal space, we would do it uh, extra oral. And then you did a good job with frequent evaluation, checking yeah. patients' vitals. Um, um, amount of drainage. Uh, I mean, this is straight from Peterson's. Uh, when the patient comes in, this is kind of like a good protocol in your mind to go through, you know, how severe is infection. Uh, let's evaluate how well the patient is going to fight that infection. And then we make based on that decision on where to care for him. If your patient, like this patient, had dehydration, so he's got some dry mucous membranes, he's, he's got fever, um, without involvement of really severe spaces, like, you know, retropharyngeal, pharyngeal, yeah, that's already a candidate for hospital admission. And, uh, yeah, we try to get him ready, teed up for surgery. You want to go straight to OR, but, uh, I think given the, his complex medical history, it would be probably best to get consultations. Like, you, you know, you went straight to cardiology because that's, that's the main thing that would kill him. He's already on warfarin, so he could either bleed out, or if, if he hasn't been on it, he could uh, thrombose his aortic valve. Um, so that was good. Probably infectious disease won't be a bad idea since he's already on clindamycin. I don't know about you guys, but I get quite a lot of patients uh, have been started on clindamycin by somebody else, and they're not allergic. Yeah, for some reason, so, a lot of general dentists just think like clindamycin is so common, Every, more powerful. And I'm like, dude, don't put them on clinda. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, getting them ready for OR probably a good, good idea to get those consoles, get them on a product on the correct antibiotic mm -hmm. because we so we have to support them medically. We have to choose the correct antibiotic even before your cultures come in. Probably won't be a bad idea to start them already empirically on unison. Um, uh, I like that you kind of caught the Achenella as, as being resistant um, to Clinda, and that just confirms it needs to be on something a little what different. What kind of bacteria is it? Uh, it's gram-positive cocci. I'm just trying to go hard on you. Oh, yeah, that, that's a, that's an insane <laughs> one. I, if you're getting to like, what antibiotic would you use to treat Achenella? It's like, <laughs> oh, really? you're probably doing that's pretty well. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. You're probably Absolutely. doing pretty well, Gene. Uh, <laughs> I, you made it easy the last time, so I thought I'd throw a harder one. Yeah. This time. Yeah. yeah uh, so yeah, here's the criteria for basically indications for hospital admission: fever 101. This guy was 101. Like I said, dehydration, threat of airway. He didn't have that need for general anesthesia. Uh, probably, probably best to clean it out thoroughly. Probably best to go to sleep for that. And then again, need for inpatient control of systemic disease. It's like he had most of these factors already in place. And um, yeah, and then factors that associated with immune system compromise. We know it's diabetes, uh, patients with chronic steroids, history of organ transplant, malignancy, chemotherapy, chronic yep. renal disease, malnutrition, alcoholism, or AIDS. Um, anatomic considerations. I don't know, like, again, it's another wild question, contents of the buccal space, probably not going to ask, but hey, there's parotid duct, facial veins, arteries, buccal fat. Was the, motive, was the mode of, like, the cavernous sinus thrombosis, facial vein? Yeah, I, I think it is. It's it was like, facial vein. I mean, that's the only thing that's necessary. necessary. To the pterygoid, uh, to the pterygoid, exactly, to the pterygoid plexus. And then into the uh, cavernous sinus. Um, yeah, he's just trying to test the waters here with, with some hard questions. Jimmy did a great 
I think Whoa. knowing cavernous sinus thrombosis is a fair thing. I think also know, knowing like the difference between that and orbital apex syndrome, mm -hmm. right, right, which right. is like yeah. visual, you lose visual um, acuity. I'm right, sure. right, right. That's optic nerve involvement. Yeah. <clears throat> cavernous sinus is another thing. Like if you see it, then you almost kind of have to like restart your infectious workup, right? So you, yeah. you, you want to get another CBCT. I mean, in another, another cone beam. Uh, Thing. CBC labs. Okay, I'm sorry. So you need a set of labs, blood cultures, CT scan with contrast or MRI. Um, and you want to, you know, contact infectious diseases and anything we can adjust to, you know, in increase these antibiotics. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be most likely protracted course of antibiotics for six weeks. Gene mm -hmm. did mention steroids. That was good. Uh, since it is a, you know, nerve compression type of situation. So steroids is often involved in as heparin because it is thrombosis. So they mm -hmm. may consider anticoagulation. Um, and then if he's, you know, patient asks you, am I going to die from this? That's more like a, again, kind of like patients, you know, professional yeah, management yeah. and conversation. You obviously don't want to downplay the seriousness of this. The mortality rate is 20% from this. But at the same time, you want to kind of reassure them that you're doing everything care possible to get a you know expedited care for for the situation uh, managing you know again expectations yeah there could be side effects you could have potential you know paralysis of some of your muscles uh, of uh, eye movement extraocular muscles and such uh, yeah we talked about approaches just something about CKD something about auric valve I didn't we just had so little time. That's why I didn't go deep, but basically with aortic valves, they're going to be on warfarin. Most of these patients, they're going to be warfarin and their cardiologists would keep them on tight INR between two and three. And some cases, depending if they have other risk of embolism, like if they had other like events of like strokes or pulmonary embolism before, they'll keep them between two and three. But if it's lower, if, if they don't only have the mechanical valve, it'll be INR of up to two and a half or two. So I don't know if they'll, again, Ryan, would that be a fair question? Like, could I ask you, let's say, you just have patient on warfarin um, coming to your clinic for extraction of a tooth, not like disinfection case, mm -hmm. just for extraction. What would be your goal, INR, or something like that to take uh, out the safe tooth safe? Would they ask you yeah, like that? Or yeah, like having a goal, or what, what's your workup if, if they... If they are, mm -hmm. you know, on uh, anticoagulants or something, that's that's fair. Yeah, I think it'd more likely be on the medicine section that they'd ask you that, but I, okay. I guess they could pepper it in, spr sprinkle it in. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, another thing we talked about, like, you know, patients are in hospital uh, for this particular case, right? That's a question to you, right? Uh, I asked Gene, sure. like, what other kinds of consults would you obtain for this patient before taking to the operating room? Oh, Obviously, yeah. he's got yeah. complicated medical history, and I like kind of scrolled it back to show it back to her. Is that also fair on the exam to ask examiners, hey, can you go show me again that medical history? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I went back to a, a couple things, um, and okay. they, they'd sort okay. of prefaced if they knew it would draw on information from previous slides, they would sort of say, let us know if you want us to repeat any of this next sequence. Oh, uh, okay. Especially for like orthognathic. Um, Dude, like, I feel like I was just saying stuff to like spit out everything I knew regarding the question, you know, yeah. but like, is that what you're, cause I just feel like your, your brain is firing so quickly. Yeah, is that you, what you're you just kind of doing you, on the exam and they'll just stop, cut you off and be like, all right, you know, that next question type of thing. Yeah. I, I, I feel would like it's like word it vomit. <laughs> A little yeah no. you, you kind of you kind of want and to avoid point, that a little most bit. times exactly you were sticking the reason i don't think it was just word vomit gene is because you were sticking to what you would do yeah and as long you as you're explaining that if mm -hmm. if they know you know what you're talking about like surge cut you off a few times yeah and yeah i just had just to keep means, moving i understand yeah, why they it, cut it just you means off. we're gonna move, move on and that was a long case that was like a, a full 17 minutes yeah it, it's going to be much shorter. So they're going to cut you off. They're going to move quick. Right, right. Um, I wasn't cutting you off, Gene, because you were saying something wrong. It's just because yeah. I had to go. And you are saying good stuff. And yeah. there's going to be a couple. There's definitely going to be a couple cases where you feel like, did I even articulate to them that I knew anything? <laughs> they were just cutting me off the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, 
because there's so much making this like case. I realized there's so much I could yeah. ask, and I, I didn't ask like half. <laughs> I really wanted to really make it interesting, just because of the sake of time. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, that one I felt like in infection. There's, uh, I think I have a few other uh, different routes we could go go down, but that's uh, with this case I'm going to present. All right. No, for you, for me. I'm busy. All right. Quien quisiera esta caso? Someone's got to go. Someone's getting this case. Preferably not Gene or Serge. They, I'll, they I'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> I've recovered from my run. I can think now. Oh man. Okay. Well, you get this fifty-two. What time is it? Start time nine forty-three. Mm. All right. So you got a. Actually, you know what? Let's go to the other one first. Mm. Pump, 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 pump. Well. Uh, let me share this screen one second. All right. So you get a 37-year-old male, or a 37-year-old female, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, who comes to your office complaining of left mandibular pain. Uh, she says it's been tender for about mm, two months. It's getting more and more tender. Hasn't swollen uh, until this past week. And, uh, she wants to know what to do. She, uh, has had a couple teeth that have been bothering her too. Okay. Um, first of all, I guess medical history, social medication. Yeah. Um, so she had a previous history of, uh, steroid usage, um, for, uh, psoriasis. Um, she was on Humira a little bit. She isn't on anything now, but she had a previous history of all that. Um, she has no medical issues uh, right now besides the psoriasis. She has no allergies, no past, no, uh, past surgery, surgeries that are uh, of note. Okay. Last time she saw a dentist? Um, she saw a dentist this past week for it. Uh, dentist said, hmm, I don't know. These teeth are symptomatic, but... I don't, I don't know if it's what's causing the infection. Okay. Um, I guess do an exam. Uh, yeah. Can you do an exam? Can you describe your physical exam? So first, uh, visual inspection. I'm going to have the, make sure the patient can open wide. Uh, test for V3 specifically in this case. Um yeah, she doesn't really have any sensation changes. What are you looking for over the left mandible? So assessing the dimensions one side to the other, if there's any expansion, there's any blunting of the inferior border. Um, yeah, little expansion, no fluctuance. Um, and so it's just like rock tender. hard. Yeah, yeah, it's rock hard and it, it's uh, pretty tender to her though. Um, and it's like as it looks here, like a little more anterior to the masseter mouth opening is unaffected. Yeah. It's located to the, to the body of the mandible. Okay. Well then, you know, clinical exam goes intraorally assessing for. Yeah. So those teeth, uh, there's teeth numbers 20 and 21, uh, that are pretty symptomatic and they're actually, um, they're actually mobile. Um, she has some purulence, uh, coming from the the sulcus of number 21 um oh. you get and well is there anything you want at this time just vitality maybe on those teeth. uh teeth are not vital okay uh pan cbct whatever so you get a mm -hmm. cone beam and this is what you see on the cone beam 
Can you describe uh, what is uh, happening with the left mandible? So you've got cortical expansion of the left mandible as well as uh, honestly generalized throughout the mandible, but specifically to the left side, like a moth-eating appearance, like osteolysis, sclerotic looking bone yeah, um, with some cortical <laughs> breakdown on the buckle. Given the presence of pyrolins and these non-vital teeth, what's on your differential at this time? So differential would be uh, simple things being simple, periapical abscess with like a vestibular collection. But now seeing this, you know, maybe more like osteomyelitis versus like a malignancy with like necrotic infection kind of component. Hmm. Um, So... Um, what do you want to do about it? So, I mean, I think at this point, this patient needs to be treated in an inpatient setting. Um, they're going to need IV antibiotics. They're going to need a ID evaluation, labs, CT scan with contrast, et cetera. Uh, surgically, what do you want to do? Um, I mean, for this, mainly it's you want to address the source, you want to um, decrease like the bacterial load and you want to potentially debride away any necrotic or, you know, basically decorticate or get down to bleeding bone. Cool. So you take her to the operating room, you take out these two teeth, uh, you get back, uh, back down to bleeding bone. Um, you, you are able to spare the, the mental nerve there. Um, are there any classifications for osteomyelitis that you know? There are. Uh, it can be like separative, non-separative, chronic or acute. Um, What's the difference between chronic and acute? Duration? Um, I'm going to say yeah. it's... So you end up uh, getting back to bleeding bone. Uh, yeah. Things are good. And right. um, how would you... Uh, basically, at, at two years, uh, she comes back to you. Uh, and the bone fill is good. Um, what would your follow-up be until that two-year mark, though? Close. Um, so, I mean, this patient's probably going to be on IV antibiotics uh, with a PICC line. So, um, probably see them weekly during that time frame, but maybe like a little bit more frequent the first week or so, depending how they're doing. And then beyond that, um, sure. I think you know, see them every six months after that. Cool. We're going to switch over to a different case now. Okay, so you have a 52-year-old male that comes into your clinic. Um, he says he had some ma- he had some extractions a uh, little like I don't know two weeks ago. Um, he's diabetic. He doesn't know his blood sugar. He says you know he he has a touch of the touch of the sugars. Um, what do you want to know at this time? Um, what is his complaint? Uh, he has some pain here, and there's a little bit of a, a wound that just doesn't heal right mm-hmm. um, this is what does, you see on physical yeah does he have any other medical problems smoke have allergies yeah he's he smokes uh he doesn't have any any allergies um he might have other things he goes doc i i i, I haven't been in a hospital in like 25 years mm-hmm. um you see this on physical um it's a little tender up there uh, what other, uh, what other information do you want? Did the dentist put him on antibiotics or anything postoperatively? He said, I wasn't able to get my medication. Huh. Great. Um, okay. Um, so how far out are we? Well, your nurse gives you a set of vitals. Um, oh, he's at, he's at 38.3, um, his blood pressure's uh, 180 over 84. And uh, he says, Doc, you know, since having these teeth taken out, 
three weeks ago. Uh, things just haven't been right. Okay. Um, you can take a finger sip blood glucose at the office. Yeah, it's it's like 420. All right. So given his uh, hypertensive urgency and his uh, very high blood sugar, I would recommend you go to the emergency room. Um, and then we can. So let's, let's focus there. on the, the surgical part of this case for the rest. Medicine says we got it from here, doc. We can help you with whatever you need. You don't even have sure. to worry about it. Uh, what other information do you want? So is poor healing. Uh, at this point, I'd like to see labs, maybe nutrition status. Um, yeah. So you end up getting, testing. getting this image and oh, highlighted okay. in that there's an area highlight that the radiologist points out by that black circle there mm -hmm. in the left maxilla. Um, what are you thinking is going on at this time? I mean, it looks like there could be either some sort of mass or like a osteomyelitis kind of situation. Um, so, I mean, this could be something that the teeth became loose secondary to a mass as opposed to secondary to an infection. Um, so, so I think, <clears throat> what do you want to do for the patient surgically? I think if surgically op optimized, kind of go he into is. it as like exploratory biopsy versus debridement uh, culture. So you do and, the biopsy and you yeah. get uh, the, the radiologist sort of returns this uh, mm. Um, this little histology slide, this little sure. number here, and uh, it says there's acute angled branching mm -hmm. uh, septi and hyphae. This is like, uh, was this aspergillus? It's like acute. Ang mm -hmm. um, so he has a opportunistic fungal infection of the maxilla. Yeah. So Medicine says to you, doc, we don't, we don't know what to do here. What, what do you want to, what medication do you want to use to treat this? So this is one of those like severe fungal infections where, you know, provided that their kidneys aren't completely destroyed, you can do like an amphotericin B. His kidneys are in pristine working order. There you go. So, so amph the nurse says, uh, doc, um, are there any side effects I should be looking out for with amphotericin B? I mean, definitely uh, they're nephrotoxic. Um, so urine output uh, should actually be monitored and not just checked a box. Sure. So surgically, uh, now you get back. She puts him on amphotericin. Um, everything's going fine, but uh, you're you're in the OR again after getting that biopsy. Uh, what are you What are you thinking? How are you gonna deal with this? And this needs to be debrided. Uh, to decrease the fungal load, I guess, at this point. So you're debriding uh -huh. and uh, you find that it involves the, the orbital floor too. Uh, what, what classification of maxillary defect is this? This is a Brown's class four, I want to say, if it goes into the orbit. Uh, well, you, you wake up... Uh, from this horrible dream you were having mm -hmm. and you find that it just involves the patient's alveolus um, just right there. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you going to, how are you going to uh, manage this defect? Just, uh, just like the, the arrow shows, I think we'll take a uh, buckle fat pad uh, flap here and uh use that as a bilayered closure with the buccal mucosal advancement to ensure the sinus is properly closed over. Sure. You were, you were actually thinking about that nightmare you had in the middle of, of, of surgery there though. Mm -hmm. How would you reconstruct this sort of defect if it involved the orbital floor? So most likely uh, this patient would need a osseous, osseocutaneous flap. So maybe like a fibula, double barrel, or... How would you, you know, reconstruct the orbital floor? So, um, I mean, you would reconstruct the rim with the fibula. Um, 
have to take out like a centimeter so you can like loop it and double barrel and then maybe put like a mesh or something if hmm. you need to prevent hypoglobus. Could you do this all uh, intraorally or would you need a different no. approach? Yeah, so this patient would need a lot more visualization. So most likely Weber-Ferguson inc incision. Sure, dude, that, that was uh, 12 minutes. <laughs> You're all done. Claps for Greg. That was really good. <laughs> dude, that, those were uh, two tough cases. I was, I was making you fly. <laughs> yeah. It was fun good. for me. I don't, I don't know if it was as fun for you. No, I had my caffeine this morning. That was good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I mean, just from the, let me go back to this first case. This was osteomyelitis. I don't know if you could see by the title, but you jumped there pretty quick. Your, your, I, I thought your answers were great. You, you went through the physical exam. Awesome. Uh -huh. Um, you're looking for fluctuance, uh, whether it's hard, tender sensation changes. Yeah. Completely appropriate. Um, when we get to the CT scan and you start looking well, intraoral exam is good too. You want to test the teeth for vitality. Um, when we get to the CT scan, yeah, you just, you describe the findings just fine. Um, diagnosis is a little tough to make just based off this, but you could also include like some benign things like, mm -hmm. um, I mean, moth eaten with this moth eaten appearance, they're further down on your list, but maybe like, um, benign osseous dysplasias or mm -hmm. you know something like that like fibrous dysplasia fiber osseous dysplasia um i don't know there's a there's a whole bunch of those like florid cement i mean i know there's not really teeth there but florid cement osseous dysplasia and all this um but the fact you know you went in for a biopsy and just to you know take care of those teeth and debride um getting back to a good, healthy bleeding bone, um, and making sure the tissues, uh, are, are closed primarily like there's good soft tissue coverage. Um, that's all good stuff. Classification of osteo. Uh, yeah, there's acute and chronic suppurative, non-suppurative based on a month. Like you got all that. Those, those are deep pulls, Greg. Cause you, you know, you don't deal with that every day, but, um, you know, you, you, you knew it, you knew it. Um, and then once we got over to the mucor, um, mucor. if it's aspergillus or mucor, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't know the, the difference. There's like three you know, there's blastomycosis, histoplasmosis, I don't know, aspergillus. Yeah. yeah some, uh, um, something about the angle of the, yeah, yeah. angle know. of the septi and hyphae, whatever. Uh, it generally appears in somebody who's immunocompromised um diabetes you know in this case uh the dentist pulled a couple teeth um and they saw this guy a week later with his non-healing ulcer there could there may or may not be pus um the radiology like this is the image they actually had um i think that's a little extreme for them to just put you to this right off the bat mm -hmm. um it might be a complication but um yeah it looks like it it extends all the way up to the orbital floor, maybe. Um, in this case, yeah, we could get a biopsy first. I thought that was just fine. Um, and then, you know, getting the diagnosis that it was actually a, a fungal infection and putting them on amphotericin B, that's correct. I don't know the dosage of it. I don't, my, my personal recommendation is I don't think the dosage of obscure medications like that is important. That's not worth mm -hmm. the time. Um, like that, that's something you could look up on, on Google. If you're sitting in, in the hospital at the nurse's station or something, I, I don't think they'd fail you for that on the board. Um, and the side effect I, I think is shake and bake like fevers and tremors and shaking. Um, yeah, probably nephr nephrotoxic is a good safe one. I think mm -hmm. everything after you, you know, give it enough is nephr nephrotoxic. So yeah, great. Um, that's a good one. Uh, I like, uh, how you, you had a good reconstructive plan. Yeah. You'd probably need something. Maybe you could swing a, a temporalis flap over, but you know, reconstructing the orbital floor, that's like up for debate. Cause you can't just, um, you can't just put a plate there and 
you know, have it open to the maxilla. You need some sort of soft tissue and like pedicled coverage. Um, so yeah, a, a fibula might work, temporalis flap. Um, if it just involved the alveolus, yeah, getting soft tissue coverage uh, with it is just fine. Um, if it was actually like this, um, yeah, opening a Weber Ferguson, I, I think there's some specific indications for that. Like, uh, sorry. Um, opening a Weber Ferguson for something like, uh, an orbital floor defect, posterior maxillary. Uh, I forget there's like a third reason that you could open a Weber Ferguson. Um, Brown's classification for maxillary defects. You, you hit it spot on. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm looking at it now. I think, is it, is it wrong? I, this is one of those things that like I memorized the day before the board yeah, and it left me the day after. It. <laughs> I, I got to look it up again. It, it might be three. It's like three to four. I think four goes more to like uh, some of the diagrams make it look like it's like the nasal bridge. Some make it look like it's like the posterior orbit. Well, so uh, hold on. It's let like me, three or four. Let me share my screen here. I'm just going to... Oh. Can you see this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think yeah. three would have been sort of what we're dealing with. So I, I think it was three. Mm -hmm. And then I think these are divided into like A, B, and C. So mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. down here, if you can see it, like A is just half the maxilla. B is like crossing the midline. C is involving the entire maxilla. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a, actually a class three, but the fact you you knew, I don't know. I don't know if they give half points, but the fact you yeah. knew something about it is a, that's a good thing in, in my book. Um, anyway, uh, what else are we looking at from Mucor? I, I think that's it. I didn't have too much else. Oh, we could have gone down a road of like this thing involving the orbit. And I think if you, if you guys go to the Nashville course, they actually have a case very close to this where somebody always gets nuked on like somebody just gets murdered up there over this case because they, they end up drawing the examinee into, uh, you know, doing the orbital exam, rechecking it. And like, you're finding that there's proptosis and, uh, uh, like decreasing, uh, extraocular movement. Um, and they, they, keep trying to ask the examinee like what would you do would you put a drain in the orbit or would you not um and like a lot of people just can't commit one way or another and there's no wrong answer that's mm -hmm. the thing that you know they explain after their this this little case they go you know uh whatever you're doing just make sure you have the reasons to back it up like there's there's more than one way to skin a cat um this case is from I don't know, clinical experience of dentistry. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Sweet. Yeah, that was a nasty case, but you 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 did well. I think that's part of it is just like making clear, concise answers and describing what you would do, just putting yourself in that seat. Anyway, anybody have anything else to add? The one thing I was what one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about the clindamycin, um, the practice I used to work for on Long Island, this surgeon used to love giving IV clinda in the office. What? Really? Yeah. But I guess that's not crazy, but like he didn't he either didn't realize or didn't care that you have to like reconstitute it in like a 150 mil bag. So like I asked for like a bag to reconstitute in because like, I don't know, at one point, like I had a pen allergic patient that like I decided, Oh, you know what? I'm going to give this person IV antibiotics. And, uh, the freaking nurse or the assistant hands me the vial. Like I'm going to give it like IV push, <laughs> which like clearly says on the bottle, do not give IV push. And I look yeah. it up. I mean, there's like documented cases of people with, like cardiac arrest after like 
IV push of clindamycin. Oh, Jesus. So, uh, you know, th that's something they could like put you down. Like, oh, is there anything in your office you can do like IV, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I guess they could. If you I'm just stick sure. to the tried and true, it should be yeah. all right though. Yeah. I, I wonder, like, I don't know if you saw, but I guess this like kind of, I brought this up to transition to the question. Like, you know, we were very like anti-Clinda where we trained. Yeah, it might just be might just be our program. I, I don't know. Yeah, my question is like, is it, well, because the the new ADA guidelines, the AAE guidelines, the um, AHA oh. guidelines, they're all like getting away from Clinda over yeah, the past were, like, couple of years. They were using like a first generation cephalosporin, right? Yeah. So like the official rules, like if they haven't had anaphylaxis <clears throat> and they're an allergic patient, they can get cephalosporins. You're talking about like um, antibiotic prophylaxis guidelines, right? Correct. Or like the ADAs, it was like the like painful tooth algorithm of like whether mm -hmm. or not they need antibiotics. And so like patients that like we're going to get endo or we're going to go to an oral surgeon and we're getting referred in pain and they weren't addressed immediately. Like those were the patients that could get antibiotics, but basically they wanted you either giving a cephalosporin, a Z-pack or like biaxin prior to, yeah. if you can't give any of those, then you give Clinda. Um, so I, I, I guess I can't my, find the I can't find the table right now. I'll see if I can send it out, but like, what were you asking though? My question is like, how much have the board examiners kind of caught up to that protocol? I mean, I think you got to assume they're, I think you got to assume they're up to date with yeah. everything. Um, this is what I was looking for. I don't know about, I mean, I assume joint, um, like prosthetic, prosthetic joint, uh, prophylaxis. I, you just defer to the, you know, the orthopod or you just say it's not really indicated, mm -hmm. but the AHA guidelines, this came out like days before my boards. Okay. Um, so I, it wasn't too big of a shift, but it was one of those things that just said, okay, instead of, you know, um, clindamycin, I'm just doing, you know, cephalex. Yeah, they dropped Clinda from the entire freaking thing. Yeah. Is cephalex and cephalex? Yeah. Can't remember. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, I don't know. That's the only difference. So if you got like a patient coming for sinus lift, you want to prophylaxis with some antibiotics and they're allergic to penicillin, you just give them Z-pack. Yeah, you, you could. Dang it. I did a mm. I did a sinus lift on Friday. I should have prophylaxed him. Eh. But I mean, I these are always tough because then like, I don't know, does ZPAC do anything? <laughs> 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 or like do you do doxycycline maybe or like a z-pack and like if you're worried about because if you're worried about like anaerobes like it's like oh well, then you give them flagell mm, yeah because you don't because like, you don't really want to do any of the fluoroquinolones at this point no because they're like double black box now, Clinda's like the pariah and it doesn't cover everything, right? It's got resistance. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, sticking to the basics is is probably what they're not yeah. gonna get too out into the weeds with stuff. That's the okay. that's the thing. Like in 12 minutes, there's only so much you can get mm -hmm. into, you know. Um Sweet. That that's kind of, I don't know. That that was my feeling on it. Um, yeah, I guess I always viewed it as like a negative. Like, oh, I only have twelve minutes to like get my point across. But like, if it's like well, they they fight saying they're too. like benevolent examiners that are trying to get you where you need to be. Yeah, and that makes it a little bit better. Yeah, they're definitely fighting for points for you. Like they're they're right. pushing you along because you already demonstrated 
what, you know, the information that they need to make a judgment to Mm -hmm. give you the one, two or three points. Mm -hmm. I, I can't find, I, I need to do some more digging, but there was a, there's a presentation presentation that uh, Vincent Perchicante does. I, I've, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he's, he's like the, um, he's not the president of A-bombs right now. That's Cunningham. But anyway, he goes through a presentation at the beginning, like before you actually walk in the, like the, the testing room, mm-hmm. like everybody's sitting there in their suit and everything. And he's, explaining like how the boards work as if you know you're just finding if you were finding that out for the first time you're not you're not in a good spot but he's sort of walking through something where he says like uh you know we're grading he actually i mean it would help to know this long before but they grade it on like uh data acquisition appropriate diagnosis and then like um formation of the right surgical plan and it's it's based around those three things and you get points based on how well you're doing those three things um i'll, I'll do a better job to find it because please don't quote me on that there's a as long as you're doing the basics like everything goes fine sweet yeah cool all right cool, guys if, hey if you guys have any cases you want to bring or like even just want to see up here email them or make a case or, you know, sign up. I'll send the link out again. Please sign up. Please sign up to be an examiner or an examinee. It helps everybody, including uh, you guys from Puerto Rico, you know, bring anything you got, even if it's not a well-constructed case. I I literally made these cases up like in the five minutes before we, we logged on here. Um, I just pulled them from like a journal article or something. So anyway, guys, Feel free to sign up. Have a good Sunday. Cool. Later, guys. I got a shop in my swords for the oral boards. I learned him from Mattel and he's the Lord. And I'm his protege. You know I'm going to slay all these motherfucking questions today. Because I got the sound bites. They're going to make these old men go, ooh, ah, like some afternoon delight. Yo, I got these questions in my sight and I got the answers. Yo, my answers is so ill. That's a wrap on another week of Fight Club. If you'd like to participate in the study club or you'd like to submit a case, shoot me an email. Dr. Patel, as in D-R-P-A-T-E-L at bondoralsurgery.com. Like, follow, or click subscribe to get updates and material. If you found this valuable and would like to support us, please head to our website to contribute. Bond is committed to creating value for the dental community and making healthcare healthier. As little as $499 gets you the Soundbites Pack, a proven method designed to help you automate information during oral discussion. A full disclaimer, this podcast represents the opinions of the owner and participants. We discuss no questions or answers of the American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery Oral Certifying Examination on this podcast. The express purpose of this course is to provide continuing education in the field of oral and maxillofacial surgery for those in attendance. This course is neither approved, recommended, nor endorsed by the American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. It is not and should not be construed as an official guide in the preparation for any American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery certifying examination. In addition, this course does not guarantee that the participant will pass any examination administered by any regulating body. The use of this podcast and the materials linked to this podcast are at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast does not constitute medical advice, nor guidance of medicine, surgery, nursing, dentistry, or other health specialties.